0: Good morning. Good afternoon. This is Anna Scott, and you're listening to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today, I um, (laughs) I, I am—I always—I get so um, touched by the people who come on the show. And today, I have the honor of meeting with Meg Rabel. Did I get that right, Meg? Yes, Yes, I did. I always. And Meg was a client of mine, and I met Meg you like four years ago. Is that correct? Yes, almost exactly
1: four years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: And Meg, it was the, um, Meg could tell all of her credentials, but Meg is a, um, what I call a badass woman, powerful. But the thing I loved about her power is, um, as a leader, is Meg always led from kindness. And I watched the results she produced. And so today we're going to explore kindness, et cetera. But welcome to the show. And I am so honored to have you here. You have no idea, so thank you. Thank
1: you so much for having me, and I am honored to be here. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, so Meg, do me a favor, and would you just, first of all, let people know your background, because it's really a cool background.
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I graduated from West Point in 2006. I served five years active duty in the Army, um, half as an air defense artillery officer, and then half as an adjutant general uh, captain which is a very fancy way of saying I, I set up things for VIPs and um, you know made, made sure that my battalion commander had everything he needed uh, from day to day, from a personnel and an admin standpoint. I decided to get out of the army after I was deployed and I had no idea what I was gonna do. And so my boss in the army connected me with someone, which happens a lot um, in the veteran community. We don't really know where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And we don't even know how to place any, we don't even know how to explain the value of our, our, um, my dog's down here with me. So he says, hi. Um, Hi. We don't even know how to explain what we've done in what I would call civilian terms. So um, I ended up in an account management position in uh, teleradiology. I went from an account management position to uh, overseeing marketing and sales as well. I had a great experience at this company, but knew that the medical field, even on the business side, just wasn't really for me. I ended up in uh, another company that in private security. And uh, I really found kind of what I loved in field services, overseeing big teams with people on the front line. Surprise, surprise very similar to the army, right? Big team, people on the front line, making it happen, making a difference every day. And I found myself in um, in the civilian world, but in a place that was pretty similar. From there, um, there was a merger in the industry and I ended up moving into a little bit bigger role with a bigger scope in the Bay Area, which is eventually, you know, how I met Anna here. And um, I oversaw a, a really large um, portfolio of um, prestigious clients, um, you know, Facebook, Adobe, clients that um, I'd always thought like, wow, look at these big giant companies, look what they're doing. And it was really interesting to be working with them, not necessarily on their team, but working with them. From there, I was recruited um, actually to be the senior vice president of real estate uh, at AAA. And I had no experience in corporate real estate, but there were several other teams that uh, underneath this position that I did have experience. And so I kind of went in a little bit blind. And while I was in that role, it's when I initially contacted Anna because I just, I knew what I knew, but I felt a little lost um, in my leadership basics. And I didn't know why, and I didn't know how to get back to, to where I knew, like my fundamentals of leadership. So, and, I, and I, you might not even remember this, but I contacted you initially. We set up a call. We had to move it because it was right around the holidays or something. and. By the time we actually talked in person, AAA had moved me from that position into the AAA road service that you you all know—the yellow truck on the side of the road, the folks that come to save you if you're broken down—because um, they had uh, they had a team that was struggling a little bit and needed some strong leadership. So then my first conversation was Anna was, I have no idea how to run a, a team of tow truck technicians. I, I don't know, and you again, you may not remember this, but it was so clear in my head. I was kind of panicking about KPIs and metrics and how fast I'm going to run and how I'm going to lead this team. And um, Anna, you said to me, take a deep breath. And it's all going to be fine. (laughs) So that was our (laughs) our first meeting. Um, So I did, and we went from there. And we had um, some amazing coaching sessions. Uh, A couple of years later, I was promoted to be um, the executive vice president and chief experience officer over all of road service, not just one region. So had uh, a lot of fun in that position and a lot of great experiences. And then I just had a much larger team of those frontline soldier type um, contributors. Uh, fast forward a little bit more, and uh, my husband and I found ourselves in the middle of COVID working from home, kind of kind of a, a hybrid. And um, you know, we had actually been trying to get to Austin, Texas for a long time, almost a decade. And for whatever reason, one company or another, one job or another just didn't make it happen. And uh, we just decided to sell our house and, and move to Austin. So here we are. Um, I joined a small startup uh, as the COO called Freedom Learning Group, who has a mission to put military spouses and veterans to work. So I went from big, giant, uh, you know, 2,500 employees to a teeny tiny company, but is doing a lot of really good work to support military spouses and veterans. And that is where I am right this moment.
0: Well, I... Um like one is like, wow. My head is spinning. The thing that, that struck me when we worked together, um, I remember when you, the thing that you, like, we talk about the things that we remember. I remember when we talked and you learned how you didn't learn, but you just really started listening. And, you didn't mention that you were on the Army's basketball team.
1: Oh, yes, yes, long time ago.
0: (laughs) Well, but but you were a star player. We did well, we did well. Yeah, but there was a listening that you had with your teammates that was before thought, like there was just a deep listening. And I remember we talked, I think we talked about that or the way to listen to your employees. Mm -hmm. And you started doing that and you would report there wasn't much to do cuz you just went in and listened. Mm-hmm. Is that do you remember that?
1: Yes, I do because I sat there and said, "Oh, I have to do all these things." And you told me, "Just take a deep breath and listen and just like just absorb everything that's going on around you. Absorb everyone's energy, watch them, really observe it." I I admittedly Learning has not, that's been something that I've, or excuse me, listening has been something that I've really had to work on active listening. I'm an extrovert. I want to talk to everyone. I can talk to a brick wall all day, but I've really had to make sure that I am putting a huge emphasis on active listening. And I've been working on that forever. But for some reason, when you and I talked, it was, and maybe it was the take a deep breath part, but something clicked. And I said, yeah, she's right. The best thing for me to do is not move fast. The best thing for me to do is listen.
0: And and I watched how you, what you reported, because I would think that if I was on a basketball court, not that I was a basketball player at your level, but there's a kind of listening that you do, mm-hmm. like a knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. Where's the opening? Yes. Does, does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. And actually, I think players get in trouble when they are overthinking, when they are trying to think about if then, then I do this. If that happens, then I do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. That's when players lose their way, is when they are thinking too much. The beautiful thing about sports, and I can only specifically talk about basketball, but the beautiful thing is there is an energy for every single person on that court, on your team and and not on your team, on the opponent's team. And the less you think and the more you go on that feeling, energy, and what you've been practicing for years and years, the less you think and the more you rely on everything else, the more successful you'll, you'll be.
0: Well, I think that that's what you did when you went into roadside assistance. You stopped overthinking everything. D- does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And I was- what I what I saw is your. Um, this is Anna Scott's story of it, and why I was interested is because I saw your innate kindness and goodness come out, and I started seeing you listen to everybody to see their innate kindness and goodness is that
1: yes yes and, and it was you know there are some people that you click with and you're listening to them and you're watching them and you're watching how they treat others and there's no doubt in your mind that this person has that you know that innate kindness already exposed and already filtering through the room and then there's some um, folks that, you know, we also talked about this during our, our paths together is there are some people that are just so on the defense and so locked in themselves. And, you know, they're just so lost in thought um, that it's harder to see that any kindness circulating around the room. And those were the biggest challenges when I'm trying to pull that out of other people and always come from a place of love and understanding that yeah. is... That's it's challenging sometimes. And I think everyone knows the type of person, you know, I'm talking about. And, um, but you always, and you told me this, you said you just come from a place of love every time you talk to whoever it was
0: and it it,
1: it really makes a difference.
0: Well, and that's what I'm curious. What did you, what did you see when you came from love?
1: (sighs) You see, people react in a different way. You see people open up in a different way. Sometimes people will even um, share their vulnerabilities and their uncertainty, and they will take off uh, that shield of, you know, I'm a high-powered executive. I always have to act a certain way. They'll, They'll take that off so that you can see who they really are. And at the end of the day, anyone that was maybe not coming from a place of love and kindness, it was always kind of because there was some uncertainty from them, that they were experiencing some uncertainty, they were experiencing um, something that was unsettling to them and that's why they felt like they had to have that shield on instead of letting everyone else in and let's all work on this together, whatever that is that's, that's
0: unsettling. I just, um, I just am pausing because it's like, what touches me, what, what you just said is that when you were coming from them, from that place, it allowed them to settle into their nature Mm -hmm. of their love and their kindness, their humanity. Mm -hmm. And, And did you, did you see, um, Results change, or what? What did you see? I'm curious. I have no idea, actually.
1: Sure. So I saw uh, results on my team change drastically. There were people that were always on the defense that all of a sudden were playing with the team, and there were um, people that would stand on the sidelines before because they just weren't sure. Um, they just didn't have that confidence level, and when they saw these other people kind of getting off the figuratively speaking, getting off the bench and playing as a team. They wanted to do it too. And then it was okay to be a little bit vulnerable. It was okay to say you didn't know something. It was okay to be learning. I think what happens a lot in business is people think, oh, I have reached a VP level or whatever it is, or director level, and I'm supposed to know everything. What if I don't? It, we're always learning. We are learning every single moment of our lives. And if everyone just agrees that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to not know things. It's okay for us to share ideas that we're not sure about. There's just ultimately a confidence and a, um, like a safety and a security in that. And you get more done. You just do when people are not on the defense all the time, and they're not looking out for number one, when they're looking out for the team, that's when you get more done. You
0: you want, you remember the coach you shared me, the book, um, the woman who died, the the, Mm -hmm. what was her, her coaching style was from kindness or inclusion, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. She came from a place, I may get a little teary-eyed talking about her, but she came from a place of everyone is on this team. We love everyone loves everyone. We are here as a family. And now that was very different. Um, she was only there my my senior year. That was a very different coaching style than the first three years. The first three years was competitive. You do anything you you can to you know make sure that you get this starting spot it's very traditional in sports. Maggie came with an energy that just, it just bled out inclusion, love, acceptance. Yes, we worked hard. Yes, we practiced a lot, but at the end of the day, no one felt slighted if they weren't on that starting five because they had a place. They were valued on that team for whatever they were doing. And Maggie, you know, people say, oh, how where did you hone your leadership skills in the Army, right? And, you know, it started with Maggie. It started with someone that came into our lives in October when our first game was in November, which is unheard of and traditionally not an ideal situation. It was someone that hugged us. It was someone that told us she loved us when we were having a really hard day. It was someone that, like, would do anything for you if you were You know, stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire, she would get in her car and come save you. That's the kind of leader that. Then that was the first time that I had experienced unconditional love outside of you know a a family type environment, and um, I just knew that I wanted to be just like her. And um, and then my life changed forever after that year.
0: And I, I um, can you talk and share what happened to the team? because of her leadership? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so this has been a team that we had some really very talented players on this team. Um, I uh, I had a little bit of a, a bumpy first three years. And, and by the middle of my junior year, I, I was almost playing none. I had almost no minutes per game. And um, it was so important to me to be on the team. It was so important for me to be with my friends. But for all intents and purposes, I had thought that my basketball career had ended. And and so did some of my classmates and so did some of my teammates. And Maggie came in and started very slow, but building us back up. And I went from having zero minutes in multiple games, games after game, to being a co-captain with someone else who thought her basketball career was over. And um, Maggie just built us up in such a way we wanted to win for because we're all athletes and we're all competitors, but we wanted to win for her. And that is a different dynamic than what we were used to. And we went all the way that year. We um, won the Patriot League for the first time um, in school history. And we went to the NCAA tournament for the first time in, in school history. And it was incredible. And it was an incredible experience. It happened fast. We worked hard. We played hard. Um, and, and you know, then we were standing on a court with Tennessee. <laughs> And I was across the court. And we we're like teeny tiny army. And I'm six six foot, maybe six one in basketball shoes. And I'm the tallest person on my team. I'm looking at girls that are six five and two hundred and forty-five pounds. It was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Mm. I I um see, I believe that our nature is kind. I believe our nature is benevolent. That when we fall out of our thinking that this kindness and this generosity just shows up. And to me, when you talk about your basketball experience, that's what just shows up. And when you talk about your leadership.
1: Yeah, I I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you. And to make it so simple, like there was no freshman superstars that year. You know, we had the same talent we had the year before, but we were an drastically different team and it all came from love and support and and in feeling like a family I mean that's that's where it came from there was there was nothing really fundamentally that changed so drastically um to have such an outcome Um, and it was all just love
0: well I I would say differently what changed is the perspective of the leader Mm -hmm. what when you've told me the stories is that she saw each person as a human being and something to contribute. Mm -hmm. Like they, everyone mattered.
1: Everyone mattered. She valued every single one of us.
0: And I I think that she saw people uniquely and looked for what their gift was. Mm -hmm. I
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Cause and I will say like, I was not um the leading scorer or the leading rebounder um but i had a role to play and she knew that i had the credibility of my team and that i listened to them and i I knew what made them tick and you know to make me co-captain um also gave me a little bit of i had lost a little self-worth i I didn't think that i'd even really deserve to be on that team anymore and then um, for her to do that and Um, and really believe in me for all of those things, not expecting me to score 25 points a game because that was not the player that I was, but to value all (laughs) the other things that I brought to the table. And I know each one of us felt the same way.
0: And I think that that's, you know, it really strikes me. What just struck me about what you said is, and it goes back to listening. Most of the time, we're listening to our thinking about people rather than just Really seeing a person and what their gifts are and knowing how to use them.
1: Yep. Or you're looking at a stat sheet or a resume, or you know, you're looking at who that person, what they have done, not necessarily who they are. And you have to, sure, you know, resumes and stat sheets are useful, but you really have to commit to understanding that person, <laughs> understanding who they are, not just things they've done.
0: I, I, uh, I laugh, I mean, like, I am not my resume. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, we were just talking about the things that you're up to. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about a possibility of something, you exploring something where you could be the head of um, innovation. Mm-hmm. And your resume wouldn't say that, but who you are as a human being, me knowing you, you are innovative because you drop out of your thinking in the moment you come up with something fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the truth. I watch it left and right on you.
1: Well, thank just you. because you don't
0: have the job title, it doesn't mean that that's not you.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's a great, perfect parallel to, we are not our resume. We are not our stat sheet. We are more than that. And it's, you know, we have to make sure as leaders when we're assessing a team or, or as a hiring manager, when you're assessing a candidate, you know, get to know who that person is and what they can bring to the table, not just what's listed on a, you know, an eight by 11 sheet of paper.
0: And, and what do you, um, I'm curious, well, I think that I just answered that, but how do you get to know, like, this is so interesting because, you know, we do want to win the game. We do want to be successful. And how do you really get to know somebody?
1: Sure. So I personally, um, yes, I ask people about their experiences. But I like to ask very non-traditional, we'll use an interview as an example. I like to ask very non-traditional, who who are you as a person? Where did you grow up? Who had an impact on you while you were growing up? Um, What would you love to do if there were no rules and you had unlimited funds? What's your leadership philosophy? Which surprisingly is incredibly hard for people to answer in a succinct way. Um, But if you have done the work to understand who you are, you can succinctly share that with someone. Um, so I think just getting out of the norm and that traditional run me through your resume and tell me about a time that you solved this problem, you know, getting out of that script and making people or encouraging people to share experiences outside of just that resume, you'll, you'll just get a better picture of who that person is as a whole, how their mind works, and, you know, how they can contribute to your team and the success of a company and the success of, the success, success of a
0: team. So I, I, um, I'm going to tell you a different story of how I see it and see what you're doing. Sure. Um, I think what you do is you tap into people's souls, their unique gifts. Like, I think you look at people. And know they have a unique gift, like your coach, God, I'm going to get, I just feel the energy of her right now, that she knew everybody had a unique gift as a soul. And she went looking for it. Not what we think we are, mm-hmm. but what's inherent, what was in the design of the human being. Like what we came into the world with. Not we made up about ourselves or fostered. Yeah. You know, if that, does that.
1: That resonates. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I would be just, I mean, to be even thought of, of having the same, um, you know, the same thought process and the the same leadership uh, talents as Maggie did is like huge honor over, it's a hundred times over. Um, But that's exactly what she did. And, And maybe without really realizing it, I'm kind of emulating that. But, you know, if you looked at my stat sheet from my junior year and she just picked up my stat sheet, there's no way that you would make me the captain. There's no way because I had only played it and I don't even know half the, I really have no idea half the games. Um, but she saw me communicate with my team and she saw, yeah, my, I don't know if you can call it a gift, but I do talk a lot. So, <laughs> you know, she saw the connection that I had with my team and she felt like that was important in some way. And I tried I, to do that with others. Yeah.
0: And what I'm feeling Meg, like right now is what she saw, is the love and the kindness that you held with each person?
1: You're gonna make me that's,
0: cry. <laughs> well, I I can feel it, and that's what's the gift because we're not we're not our stat sheet, we're not our resumes. We're human beings who have unique gifts, and we want to be seen and loved. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we flourish, mm-hmm. and things go better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely
0: agree with you. And and what's really interesting is that I'm, I'm, I'm getting chills. Like, I can't even believe where this conversation went. Is that what helped produce the scores? Mm-hmm. Because when people feel loved and connected, they do their best.
1: Yes, and valued, which is the fact that anyone at any company would not feel valued is in my head, completely awful. Like for anyone to go to work, as much as we work, especially as Americans and not feel valued is the biggest shame in my opinion. Um, And so what I try to do is every single level, every single teammate, I insist on having some kind of interaction with them and making sure they know how much I value them as a person, not just an employee. And I, I don't even know how to summarize how big of an impact that has. It, it just And it doesn't take that much energy. It, and it's enjoyable for me to connect with another human being in any capacity. So just to make sure you replicate that at every level, at every position, in every industry, it's the easiest thing to do, yet it has the most monumental impact? Well, why would you not? Why would you not insist on valuing every single person, whether they <laughs> clean the toilets or, or you know, report directly to the board of directors? It has the biggest, <laughs> has more impact than anything else.
0: I, I think of, um, I keep on going to your basketball days, and I think of how she must have treated the people who supported the team. Mm-hmm. And they must've felt like they were so part of like just as important as anybody else.
1: I just got the chills and I'll tell you why. Um, the, before Maggie showed up, we would cycle through managers every year because they were treated so poorly by the coach before Maggie that they're like, I'm not putting up with this. Like, I mean, just, they were treated as third class, fourth class citizens. And, um, There was one in particular that she was there my junior year and then kind of just, we we knew that there was going to be a coach transition and she stuck around and Maggie did exactly that. She valued this person and all the managers, but this one in particular, because I'm going to tell a follow-on story so much that there was no, oh, go get this for me, go do that. No, it was, what do you think we should do? you know, Hey, today, your job is to make sure the team gets dinner. When we get to the hotel on the road, what do you think we should get? What do people like? I mean, so it sounds so simple, but that's all it took. And then that manager was through the, the whole season, just a couple years behind me. And, um, you know, I graduated, I left, I may have seen her once or twice at a basketball game, but essentially lost touch with her. Um, last fall at the army air force game in here in Dallas, Texas, uh, we randomly ran into each other. And I knew that she lived in Dallas, but just didn't put all the, I didn't connect everything. Huge hugs. I mean, and we could not stop talking about that year. We have so much to catch up on. We literally have 15 years to catch up on. Almost all we talked about was that year with Maggie. And this just happened two months ago. And uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because yeah, it's easy for coaches to treat their starting five or their star players well, I'm sure, but Maggie treated everyone incredibly well. And again, why would you not? <laughs> it, just, it just seems you know silly to me because it's so easy to just be kind. And then you you were always getting great results, business results, and just a great connection with another human being. Take business out of it. How beautiful is it to just continually be connected with the people and then connect with more people and more people and make a positive impact and make them feel good for five minutes or an hour or two years. I mean, why would you not? <laughs> it just, gets really does to me. I, you know, and I can see people that, that don't quite get that. I just, I just, I'm confused.
0: I, um, I think when you feel your nature and you, you had talked about the, um, the coach before you and the, the belittling mm-hmm. that she had done to people Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think that people, like, we lose track of who we are, the Mm -hmm. kindness of who we are. And then when you have somebody who knows who you are and what you're made of and and operates from that, the results that get produced are completely different. Mm -hmm. And they have an impact the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You don't forget it. Absolutely. No, and and that's what I see. You do. I remember when I went to see you one time, and we were in, I think, the ninth floor of your business, and the the um, admin was there. And the way you treated him, you knew his name. There was respect. You knew he had. I, I remember he had been on vacation, mm-hmm. and you knew that too. And you asked him about his vacation. And I watched him. It was like um, watching a pot, a plant that had been dried, come to life. I don't know if you've ever seen that. If you haven't watered your plant for a while yeah. and all of a sudden you get water and it starts to bloom again, that to me is what it was like to watch you in that conversation, to watch and this human being, people just dismiss and you there with a powerful title, EVP.
1: Yeah. And, and it was, it required no extra work on my behalf. I just, you know. again, I don't, I don't understand people that don't do that because there is a human being standing right in front of you that has just as much worth as you do. And when he, he, or she comes to work every day, works really hard in most cases. And why would you not want to make, not only make that person feel good, but also genuine, I mean, just genuine curiosity. How was your vacation? And, and like, listen to it and absorb it. And like, what, what great information to, especially if it was incredible, certainly, you know, if it wasn't, sad, sad conversation, but, you know, especially it was incredible. Like, but think of all that energy you're getting, even as the person just asking, when they're telling you how exciting it was and what they did.
0: The, the thing is, Meg, you do this naturally because you feel your energy. You feel your aliveness and your humanity. And you just share it and it produces and it's kind, it's benevolent and it's creative and it's powerful and you share it. And I just watch it ripple and grow.
1: What's interesting about that is I feel like I get my energy from others. Like I, when, when I see someone that smiles and lights up and feels good or, or had a hard day and then got, got better the next day, um, that's where I feel like I get my energy in order to share it. So it's kind of like a beautiful circle of energy and we all have great days and some not so great days and keeping that flowing is, is, you know, how we all, how it works.
0: Well, you just said the truth of it. We're, we're, we're almost done with this, which makes me sad. But um, the truth is, we're all human beings and we're all connected. And we do have good days and bad days, but we're all connected and we all have gifts. And you are masterful, like your coach, of shining that on people and sharing that. Thank you. And it's such an honor to know you.
1: It's an honor and to see to the work. I think about all the work that we did from the first time I met you until now, and it has been absolutely life-changing. This is my formal commercial for Anna Scott. <laughs> absolutely. Incredible human being, incredible coach, and I look forward to every single time I get to talk to you and every single time I even get to see you. You are randomly in, um, in Austin a little while ago, and mm-hmm. I just, I can't say enough good things. I'm so happy that the universe brought you and um yeah, lives together.
0: Me too. Thank you, Meg. I'm not the only